Section 12 of Popular Lectures on Scientific Subjects. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Popular Lectures on Scientific Subjects by Hermann von Helmholtz. Chapter 4, Part 5 On the Origin of the Planetary System. Addendum. The sentences on page 193 gave rise to a controversial attack by Mr. J. C. F. Zellner in his book On the Nature of the Comets, on Sir W. Thompson, on which I took occasion to express myself briefly in the preface to the second part of the German translation of the Handbook of Theoretical Physics by Thompson and Tate. I give here the passage in question. I will mention here a further objection. It refers to the question as to the possibility that organic germs may occur in meteoric stones and be conveyed to the celestial bodies which have been cooled. In his opening address at the meeting of the British Association in Edinburgh in August 1871, Sir W. Thompson had described this as not unscientific. Here also, if there is an error, I must confess that I also am a culprit. I had mentioned the same view as a possible mode of explaining the transmission of organisms through space, even a little before Sir W. Thompson, in a lecture delivered in the spring of the same year at Heidelberg and Cologne, but not published. I cannot object if anyone considers this hypothesis to be in a high, or even in the highest degree, improbable, but to me it seems a perfectly correct scientific procedure that when all our attempts fail in producing organisms from inanimate matter, we may inquire whether life has ever originated at all or not, and whether its germs have not been transported from one world to another and have developed themselves wherever they found a favorable soil. Mr. Zellner's so-called physical objections are but of very small weight. He recalls the history of meteoric stone and adds, page 26, if, therefore, that meteoric stones covered with organisms had escaped with a whole skin in the smash-up of its mother body, and had not shared the general rise of temperature, it must necessarily have first passed through the atmosphere of the earth before it could deliver itself of its organisms for the purpose of peopling the earth. Now, in the first place, we know from repeated observations that the larger meteoric stones only become heated in their outside layer during their fall through the atmosphere, while the interior is cold or even very cold. Hence all germs which there might be in the crevices would be safe from combustion in the Earth's atmosphere. But even those germs which were collected on the surface when they reached the highest and most attenuated layer of the atmosphere would long before have been blown away by the powerful draft of air, before the stone reached the denser parts of the gaseous mass, where the compression would be sufficient to produce an appreciable heat. And, on the other hand, as far as the impact of two bodies is concerned, as Thompson assumes, the first consequences would be powerful mechanical motions, and only in the degree in which this would be destroyed by friction would heat be produced. We do not know whether that would last for hours, for days, or for weeks. The fragments, which at the first moment were scattered with planetary velocity, might escape without any disengagement of heat. 
I consider it even not improbable that a stone or shower of stones, flying through the higher regions of the atmosphere of a celestial body, carries with it a mass of air which contains unburned germs. As I have already remarked, I am not inclined to suggest that all these possibilities are probabilities. They are questions the existence and signification of which we must remember, in order that if the case arise, they may be solved by actual observations or by conclusions therefrom. End of section 12. Read by Verla Vieira, Las Cruces, New Mexico, USA, October 4th, 2021.